Well, it's official. We have our first sponsor, the kind people of Shelter Brewery have gotten behind us and we couldn't be happier. If you're after a refreshing beer for after work to start your weekend, or in my case, after spending a ridiculous amount of time gardening, Shelter is the beer for you. If you happen to be in the southwest region, swing by the brewery which overlooks the famous Bustledon Foreshore and enjoy one off the wood, even grab yourself a decent feed with their amazing menu items. You can pick up a slab at most bottle shops or if you prefer it delivered to your door, get onto their website shelterbrewing.com.au and browse the selection they have. Even grab yourself some sneaky merch whilst you're at it. Get around them, shelterbrewing.com.au. Hello and welcome again, guys, to the Matt and Mates podcast. Apologies again for no episode last week. I was just buggered and needed a quick rest. Feeling absolutely refreshed now, though. But I hope you're able to go back and listen to some of my previous episodes for anyone that was missing the sound of my voice. And we've come back into it with a bang for episode 9. I had the opportunity to get in a soon-to-be Kiwi icon of WA, Will Job, or better known as Coach Job through his social platforms. Will was so awesome to chat with. He has some great banter and lessons to share that he's experienced in his life so far. We spoke about how rugby caused him to move over to Australia and fall in love with the place, his love and dedication towards his family, and how he switched careers and is building a fitness empire here in Perth, and how he's found releasing his own podcast with some mates. This was yet again a really fun one to record. Will is just such an awesome and passionate guy, and I hope you fall in love with him just as much as I did. Like always, I absolutely love you all. G'day and welcome to the Matt and Mates podcast. Join me as we share some stories from some old and new mates. Sweet bro, cool. Get into it. Job. Will. Will Joe. Coach. Coach Joe. What do you prefer? Yeah, well I am. Yeah. Coach Joe. Nah, Coach Joe. Coach Joe. We'll Coach go Joe today. Yeah. Um, cheers for coming on today, man. No, awesome. Awesome. Good. You've made your way up to the uh, Clarkson area. Yeah, it's a fair whack up it's here, a isn't it? Fair trek. Yeah. Most people do tell me that that come up here. So, again, appreciate it. I didn't know that the highway went this <laughs> this far, bro. They just extended it. Did they? It yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the traffic. That's still the worst part. Yeah, but sure. Um, today I wanted to get you on because you've got quite a great life. Yeah. share about yeah yeah cool yeah and i just would like to see where it goes from here yeah so start um, from the start so yeah. but before we get into that how we know each other is through my other half she actually yep. introduced me you were um personal trainer at the she was my boss yes that's right at, uh, yep. at snap fitness there at spearwood yep. i remember yep. first time i would have met you would have been when i was bringing a coffee over to it yep and you introduce yourself to me as, oh, you're the footy guy. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you didn't even, I don't even know if you knew my name at that point. I, I didn't know, you, I didn't know your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I'm seeing the footy guy at the moment. And then uh, when you walked in, I, d- I didn't really know who you were, but I was like, are you the footy guy? <laughs> you would have looked to be going, he doesn't look like he plays footy. So it's been a pleasure getting to know, know you and making yeah, through man. that, man. Yeah. But I like to start off my potty with, Question I start with every single person that comes on. Yep. Just a bit of an icebreaker, really. Yep. You know, feed the room. If you could go back to one time in history, witness it with your own eyes, what would it be? 
the I wouldn't like to be in it, but the wars in New Zealand when the British first colonized New Zealand. Um, yeah, the, the Māori people are the only indigenous, obviously my heritage is Māori. Yep. Uh, we're the only indigenous culture that wasn't conquered by the colonials, oh, by the wow. British Empire. Yeah, we've actually got an agreement to split everything 50-50 that we have to honour that. How long ago was that? Um, about 500, 600 years ago now. Jeez, yeah. Really? Yep. That's insane. Yeah. Might have been less, maybe. Sorry. Might have been less. But yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to have gone back then. I and actually never knew about that history before. Yeah. Yeah. So for some reason, I've never looked at the New Zealand side of it. Yeah. Well, they were the only indigenous well, the, cultures that would not be colonized. That's mm. Yeah. Well, that would be fucking awesome to go back and see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, fucking oath, man. Cool. All right. We'll get it to know you a little bit. Yep. Give us your background, mate. You're uh, obviously Kiwi. Yep. Have you always lived in Australia? I'm, I'm from, um, I was born in a small place called Whangarei, which is yep. the top of the island, uh, top of the North Islands. Um, but my family's from Pangaru, which is even further on the west coast of the north of the North Island. Yeah, lived there for 18 years, did all my schooling in New Zealand as well. Um, I was just about to go to university when an opportunity popped up in Perth to play rugby. Obviously, rugby's religion in New Zealand, or it's another religion in New yep. Zealand. And so you do get a lot of opportunities overseas with rugby if you aren't cracking it in, in the New Zealand scene at that particular time. Well, I'd like to think that I was at the time and I was going to move into some really good things. But my mates um, had an opportunity to move to Perth as well. So I thought, oh man, I'm here with the schoolboys. This seems so comfortable. I might just have a bit of a gap year. The Arcs Rugby Club down in Harrisdale, they were offering okay. a um, some match payments. They put us into a rental. They gave us a car and they gave us a job, um, which was at the Woolworths Distribution Centre. Yep. So I thought, look, I'm 17 years old. I'm going to go to Aussie. I've never been to Perth. I didn't even know where Perth was. When you think of Australia coming from Not New Zealand. Really people, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just Sydney. Yeah. That's all it is. Sydney and Brisbane. And that's the only two cities that we believe are in Australia. Um, I had to check on the map to see where Perth was when I was a young fella. Then me and three other mates packed our bags and we come to Perth to play rugby for, for ARCS, ARCS Rugby Club down in Harrisdale. Jeez, that's awesome. Yeah. Man. Is it uh, always like something that you thought you were going to do is move away from home? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. It's a, it's a big, th I don't know. I don't, Kiwis just seem to always want to travel or see the yeah. world just because we come from such a small place. You know, the world's such a big place. Yeah. Um, a lot of Kiwis like to do a lot of backpacking, uh, gap years, all that sort of stuff. Especially rugby players, there's lot, yeah. lots of opportunities in the UK, oh, 100%. Spain, all that sort of stuff as well. So I thought I'd just come and try out Perth. Really loved it. And now you're here for good? Yeah, yeah. I was floating around, so I went to the... I came here for eight months, and I got another opportunity in the States, in Philadelphia, Oh, so, wow. yeah, so I played in the national comp there for a year when I was 19 and really loved the States, eh? Like, I just, yep. yeah, um, a little bit of my heart is in the in the US as well. Um, really loved the rugby, the rugby club, loved the communities that I was in, and I just loved living in the US, especially Philadelphia, cold, snow, yeah, yeah. all of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, really cool opportunity. Sense, yeah. yeah. Is rugby big over there? Huge. Huge yeah. now. It's gone full professional now. So when I was there, it was um, semi-professional. 
getting about a thousand bucks a week. Um, that was enough to just. That was semi professional. Semi professional. <laughs> Obviously, it's the US. They've just yeah. got so much money. Like oh, I think they feed their sportsmen like no tomorrow. Yeah, for sure. Um, I stayed with a multimillionaire over there too. Um, his house was a three story house. You were nineteen at the time. Nineteen, bro. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Man. I was the only Big one parties? with a. Oh man, the next door neighbors were um, two twins that went to Westchester, which is the college in Philly. <laughs> So they'd always come over on the weekends that we were back in Philly. But what we had to do was every Friday we'd be either on a plane to another city yeah. or the home weekends I'd always go up for a bit of a party at Westchester, which was the local uh, college there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Man, Westchester cool. actually had the highest rate of chlamydia in the US, bro. <laughs> so I was, I was dodging bullets, bro. Didn't, didn't jump <laughs> no, home. I hope not, bro. <laughs> that's uh, great, man. Yeah. yeah. That's sick. So give us a bit of an idea like how you were 19, 17 when you yep. moved to Australia. What, yep. what year round was that? So 2006 is when I come to Australia. Yep. And 2007 when I shot off to the States. After my season had finished in the States, I went back to New Zealand and just wasn't feeling it. And I thought, man, Perth's actually a really good spot. Uh, my old man and my brother were living in Sydney at the time. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, Dane got a... family were living in yeah, Australia yeah, too. Yeah, our dad, his new wife, and then my brother moved to Sydney to live with dad. He got a contract with uh, Cronulla Sharks in the NRL. In under 20s yeah. yeah so he got all his schooling paid for and stuff at endeavor high which is a pretty big yeah. um league school over in sydney so he did quite well over there um i was thinking about going over and trying uh, my hand at rugby league as well yeah but i just loved perth i just i'd never experienced the lifestyle the beaches um, the Sheilas, yeah. <laughs> something else. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I always had a job to come back to, so I yeah. knew that the distribution center, Woolworths um, distribution center, was always there. Really good job, good people, quite central in Kudal by the airport there, and it just made sense to come back to Perth and um, yeah, keep playing my rugby. Hundred percent, man. Yeah, mm. that's awesome. And was the uh, rugby you were doing here? Was it just more of your like local? It, it was just life? yeah. It was just local footy. Um, unfortunately, I had uh, some problems with my knees, the old ACL reconstructions uh, know, and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah. yeah, so I was I was out for a couple of years. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think I just missed my opportunity in the Perth scene. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not. It's like it's probably taken over a bit more here, the rugby league scene. Yeah. But it's, I'd say, well, back then you would have been very like very rare for anyone from very WA rare. to sort of get picked up into say like NRL and 100%, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It wasn't the pathways that there is now. Yeah. Even now there's still not a hell of a lot of pathways for for younger kids. Yeah. But it's it's improving, but definitely back then there was nothing for us, eh? Yeah. yeah. Man, yeah, totally for that. Got a few cool. mates that are from the eastern states and they came over here and they were just so surprised that how little the rugby league is like AFL dominant state yeah. but just like anything rugby league there's something really showing on TV to be honest. Yeah. I think nowadays they are now, showing it a bit everything. more but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. League, league's big in Perth now to the yeah. point where they'll probably get a um, a team in the NRL yeah, Perth okay. yeah they'll team really? up with a Sydney club but they'll base it out of Perth because didn't the well, bit of a different league but Union um, Western Force got taken out of the uh, taken out for yep. a while there didn't they yep there was um Oh, it was a weird sort of time for world rugby and where they wanted to go with certain competitions and they yeah. knew that they had to cut the super rugby back 
by about at least four or five teams. And unfortunately, the force were a part of that. Is that and because it was probably not its primary sport in this state? No, no. There was some dodgy financial oh, carry-on okay. in, the, in the background with the Melbourne Rebels. And the there was who you knew yeah. in Australian rugby at the time. And even Andrew Forrest, old Twiggy, he was he just said, Look, I've got all the money in the world. What do we need to do to keep Western Force? Yeah. And even then they still didn't want to take Twiggy's money. Which was crazy. So there was definitely something going on yeah, in the background okay. if you're turning down whatever Twiggy was gonna pay. He's he was, he was, yeah. he was willing to just keep the force in there. Yeah, there are other ideas in a yeah. sense. Yeah, that's yeah. And that's why he went along and, and created their own competition. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're now back, aren't they? Because of COVID. Yeah. Because <laughs> of COVID. <laughs> Unbelievable. Can yeah. it worked out for them? Yeah, it worked out for them. Yeah. Oh, that's gold. Yeah. But yeah, if we go back to your your story, so settling back down in Perth. Yeah. Then working at, still working at the distribution centre. Yep. Playing your rugby. Just playing rugby and what just was, sort of living life. Yeah. So yeah. your goals were just sort of just keep just going through the motions at that point yeah did you have any sort of like ambitions where you wanted to take it well at the, at the time um being but like being a young person in, in perth and um obviously kiwis are entitled to a lot of the benefits first homers owners grant and stuff like that that's what our visa entitles us to as well eh? as long as we're paying tax we, we can get the same benefits as australians yep um, which is really cool and at the time i can't remember if it was kevin rudd was offering like five or ten grand for a first homeowner's grant and all you had to come up with was like three or maybe five five grand okay. to get your first home and then they'd match it with 10 or 15 grand and you could get your own home so that really appealed to me at the time and i was able to get my get a home here in uh, piara waters i've had that for so you hadn't blown all the money over in the u.s then nah <laughs> nah i actually saved a bit of money i was actually going to at the end of the uh, u.s season the boys were like, we go to Spain now and we go and play in the Spain season because that's all they did. Like, they did rugby Jumping for the, from country to country. Jumping from country to country. And I come back for my ex, bro, which is, if I look back at it now, it was just a, such a dumb move at 19 <laughs> years old, you know. But um, that's what I did. And yeah, we ended up coming back. We live and we learn. We live and we learn, bro. <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking thinking of it now. I should have just gone to Spain, oh, you know. Well. Um, so yeah, you ended up buying... Going into buying a house. Buying a house, yeah, yeah. So that was a really cool goal. And then that was um, a good base for me to be able to bring my family over. Yep. So my little brother first, he come over, set him up, got him into Woolies. Um, he was in the Force Academy as well, the Western Force Academy. Cool, yeah. Playing the Force 20s and stuff like that. Then dad was in Sydney. Dad ended up having um, a disabled child. My little brother's um, got full cerebral palsy. And he just wanted some support and they, he wanted to move the family over. Uh, my little brother, when yep. he was five, my little sister was about two or three at the time. They wanted to move them from Sydney. I had the house, so I said, Dad, come over, jump in a room, get yourself all sorted. So he was able to get into the mine oh, up at Barrow Island, yep. make some really good coin um, there so that he moved into his house um, around the corner. Moved out with my stepmom and the two kids, but it was good that I was able to create a base for them to come over as well. Brother's yep. still living with me and then mum was back in New Zealand and I just said, she was the last of my immediate family back home. I said, mum, just come and live with me. Just yep. come in the back room. I've got a four by two here. Come and get a job. You can get do anything in Australia. There's a million jobs over here. So, you know, first week, she's got a job at the Royal Flying Doctor. You oh, know, easy, easy yeah. as. Yep. Um, so then that's how I got all my family to Perth by starting off yeah. by just, yeah, building my own home. 
Did they ever think that movie? No. Nah. No? Never. So is that mainly all because you off you had that opportunity and you offered yeah. it to them? Mum mum was always um when she was in New Zealand used to come for holidays. Yeah. Her boss her mum worked for the indigenous health in New Zealand and her boss used to send her on uh business trips to Perth, right, knowing yeah. damn well I'm here. <laughs> So all mum had to do was go into some of these indigenous seminars here on yeah. indigenous uh, Aboriginal um, health here in uh, Perth, go to like whatever university, uh, Curtin Uni or whatever, yeah. do a couple of seminars, but get a free trip to come over and see come me. See yes, oh, well it out. was, well bro. Well so she done about oh three over a couple of years. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, this is a nice place over here. So that's when I said to her, mum, just pack it up, come over. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. and that's how I got all my immediate family into yeah. to Perth, bro. So you'd say you're you're like very family orientated type person. Yeah, hundred percent. Is that bro. like common for like Kiwis? Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive. We tend to have uh, bigger families as well. You know, not not so much these days. I don't think anyone's having big families these no. days. But like my grandmother, she's from a family of twenty one. Like twenty one. Yeah, yeah. What? And yeah, it wasn't uncommon for people to have fifteen, sixteen, seventeen children. The more hands you had on the farm the light of the work obviously yeah. <laughs> obviously you can't do that these days no 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 but you know the mums are pregnant you know most yeah. of their lives yeah that's unreal it was unreal bro but we have my dad's from um, a family of eight as well so you can imagine i've got a lot of cousins bro yeah <laughs> oh man i've done those family reunions be wild oh they're awesome bro let's <laughs> <laughs> go yeah so Real family, family type orientation. Yep. Is that sort of something that you were looking to do eventually in your life, like create a bit of family? I know yep. you've got two boys yourself. Yep, yep. I've, got, I've got two kids, seven seven and five. Yep, what are their names? Uh, Titan and Conan, so I had to, give them, yeah, had to give them some strong <laughs> names, bro. Yeah, I was always going to move down that family path. Their mum, my ex, she's a Tongan girl that I met here yep. in, in Perth. Lovely, lovely. We get along so well. Um, always the boys are, are first, you know, first and yep. foremost. But I just enjoy being a dad, eh? I was just, yeah. yeah, that's my only goal in life, really. Everything else is just a bit of fun. Just a bonus. Everything's just top. a bonus, yeah. bro. Yeah, I just really enjoy. Like, I mean, last night, you know, we me and the boys were down on the beach till like 7.30 at night. We watched the sun fully, you know, go down that's, into the horizon. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was awesome, man. And tomorrow they've got their state titles for the touch and the under eights. Yep. My dad's manager, my little brother, because obviously he's had new children to his new wife. My little brother's eight years old. He's in the team as well. He's only six months older than my oldest. <laughs> the old man's a bit of a bull. Jeez, right. He's still pumping him out. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. <laughs> oh, unreal. So is it, you were mentioning before, um, the boys, there's what, seven and five. So you yep. had them a little bit. You were, How old were you been? 20, you I think I was about 27 or 28 when, when Titan okay, was born. Yeah, so yeah. late 20s there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was that always sort of when you were looking to have them? Or? Yep. Yep. Um, once, yeah, me and the ex, um, we sort of were at a stage. We're like, you know, should we have some children? And um, yeah, it just happened like that, yep. bro. Yeah. So it was, it was all planned. It was all, yeah. All yeah, planned. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it's been awesome, bro. Been a really good yeah. ride. Yeah. It's been. It's pretty common now for most people to have kids like, yeah, late twenties, early thirties. I think it's the norm. Yeah. I think it's the norm. There's so much you can do as a young person these days. Some mm. goals, some aspirations, some life experiences. Um, that you can afford to have children a little later. Yeah. Yeah. I've got none myself. I'm 30 in what? Jeez, I'm less than a month. Almost. Yeah, less than a month now. That's unreal. Gotta scary, get, scary thing to that. Got to get one past the goalkeeper, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So 
yeah, you, you've unveiled a bit of a life here in Perth. If we look more in towards like your career side of stuff. Yeah. So obviously you've spent a fair amount of time at the distribution center. Yep, 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, or, you know, um, uh, quitting and then back and, yeah, back and forth sort of thing. But, um, yeah, 15 years, man. Jeez, ah, that's quite some time. Was, yeah. Did you have any sort of aspirations where to go after that? I, I had gone as far as I could within the company, and I really enjoyed what I was doing. And at the time, we were me and the ex were doing our breakup. We were sort of doing our split in 2020 or 2000, no, 2021. Yeah. Um, we, we just weren't getting along, so we thought, look, we'll just part ways, but make sure that we're um, so that looking after the kids. Mutual, bro. Was yeah. it? Yeah, it was mutual, bro. And you guys still see each other to this day? Oh, fuck. Funny story, bro. Um, obviously, she's got a new partner, but she lives with me, bro. No, does she? She can't find a rental. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah, Oh, yeah, bro. So it's a weird situation, yeah. but good for the kids. We yeah, always said the kids come first. Yeah. Um, yeah, if she was her, her new relationship, if they were happy, bro, then... <laughs> You know, if feel it works, free. It works, works yeah. yeah. Mum's there as well, bro. So I got full support with the boys Jeez, and that. Yeah, and full house, right? <laughs> full house, bro. But um, yeah, it doesn't bother me just because I'm so sort of driven and I've got a lot of life goals yeah. that I want to try and get through. So I'm too busy to worry about drama or anything no, like that, bro. Yeah, yeah. They need some more drama in their life. Yeah, but the yeah. Woolies, um, when we were splitting, I just thought to myself, man, do I really see myself in in the whole nine to five, the rat race, you know, like working, because I like to work hard, eh, bro? I, I just mm. find satisfaction doing a good job. Not for, you know, big amounts of money or anything like that, bro. I just enjoy doing a good job regardless. You know, if you want me to come around and weed your garden, I want to do it to you the best. The entire thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want, yeah, I want to do the entire thing. I want to do it well. And um, yeah, that brings me like really good satisfaction eh bro doing a really good job but i was working for a corporation eh bro and just it was just working so hard got me nowhere yeah 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 it sort of got me nowhere i just needed a change i just needed Did you get anything out of your 15 years with it yep you got my all my long service leave and stuff like that band but when i left bro i got a handshake you know yeah so there uh, wasn't any really appreciation of it it was just like thanks next Thanks, next. You're just yep. the number, and yep. I had realised that from uh, early on, eh? Yeah. yeah, but they they got me through to my goals. You know, like they yeah yeah. I you learned a lot from it. Learned sure. good experiences. Was able to move into management, control my own team, all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, just didn't have that satisfaction. Mm. Yeah, something was missing. Something was missing, yeah. bro. Yeah. So what was the next step from that? So when me and the ex were splitting up. I was just in a bit of a bit of a rut, bro, and just thinking, you know, like, what's what am I up to? What am what am I doing here? Yeah. You know, like, and so. How old were you at this point? Thirty. Oh, what am I now? Thirty-six now. Maybe it's thirty-two, thirty-three. Yeah, right. So it's only recent. Just recent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was just like, man, what's what's my impact on the world? Like, I don't have... Yeah, what's the legacy? Yeah, what's my legacy, you know? So then um, started to get fit. You know, obviously, breakups make bodybuilders, bro. (laughs) Not that I'm a bodybuilder, but... um, You've got a body. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was heavy. I was about 125 kilos. Um, Yeah, I was big, man. You're solid. Yeah, I weighed in this morning about 106, and I sit between 106 and 110. Yeah, because I'm 6'1". 
Uh, nah, about 5'11", bro. Maybe just touching on six. Yeah. Just tell people you're six, mate. Six two. <laughs> six two, I think, bro. <laughs> With TNs on, I'm 6'2". I'm and then, um, yeah, started to go back and uh, get into my fitness again. I wanted to lose some weight and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it was just good for my for my mental state too, eh, bro, to get back into fitness, especially dealing with the breakup and stuff. Yeah, understand. Um, you know, it wasn't like soul crushing, but you know, any breakup is a hard breakup, oh, eh, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not easy, especially with the kids involved as well. Um, I wanted to make sure that they were okay and they understood what was happening. And, and that would have been pretty hard on you as well, because you would have been experiencing some like pretty harsh feelings yeah man I mean, mentally yeah. and then you've got to go well i have to put on this brave face because my boy is yeah, come first yeah so how, how is how is that sort of juggling that yeah i, I went into a, a couple of uh, dark places but um dark places that everyone goes through yeah. everyone everyone goes through the, the same dark places doesn't matter what it is you know in life we're gonna we're definitely gonna lose loved ones um we're gonna feel some sort of depression at times mm feeling anxious and anxiety we all do it you know whether that be uh financially what our future looks like our careers we're all going to feel those feelings at um, some point in time yeah but i've always had a pretty good mindset and mentality on on making sure i push through those sort of times of my life as well but then the whole i wanted to get back into personal training um what had happened at the time COVID had hit when the lockdowns yeah. And my mate, he was running a Plus Fitness. And he said to me that he um, is having heaps of trouble with all the new signups after COVID because people just flooded to the yeah. gym. Or after a lockdown, people flooded, especially in WA because we were the only state open, people flooded to gyms. And he said, bro, can you do these group classes? And I had got my PT certificates back in 2008 when I first came over here at the right. Australia Institute. Yeah. So it was always something that you thought you'd do? Not really, bro. I just, my just mate just it. said, come and do your tickets. And I was like, yeah, why not? Not that I was going to do anything from just it anyway. Had it. But I had them. Yeah. So come in handy. And then he just asked me, he was like, can you do group classes? And I was like, yeah, yes, it is. He goes, I'll pay 50 bucks a, a 45 minute session. I was like, yeah, for sure, bro. I'll like, I'll do a couple a week. That's extra 100 bucks. And it just sparked it, it sparked me back to, to wanting, I, I enjoyed the group atmosphere. Yeah. How chilled it was. And I like to think I'm a good, good trainer, like, and like uh, building relationships with people in that, in that aspect. And, Man, it just yeah sparked me, sparked the fire in me, and then yeah, it, it played on me for a couple of months. Lost some weight, bro. You know, lost ten yeah. to fifteen kilos, and I thought, man, I'm gonna chuck my job in. You know, if there's no better time than now. Going through all this shit with the breakup, everything's you yeah. know a little bit tough at the moment. You know what? A, you know how bad can it really get? Yeah. So I just yeah, I I chucked my notice in. Obviously, I had the long service behind me. Yes, yeah. So I so could yeah. go for twelve weeks without doing a hell of yeah. a lot before I needed to find something. So you so, you'd be covered for that short yeah. period, but you knew you needed something. I needed, yeah, 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 coming quick. And my mate was like, come be a system manager at um, Plus Fitness. And I didn't want to do that because it was never about the PT. It was about building a community. And yeah. I really enjoyed what That's he the, did. That's the hardest part is doing that. Yeah. yeah. And so I looked, I, I, you know, I put my resume in at a few different gyms and stuff like that. And then, Obviously, that's how I met Shannon. Yeah, I, I saw the gig at Spearwood, assistant manager, free rent, work eight to 12 hours a week, 
any the rest of the time. I remember we talking about your application. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was the one that got you the job. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, there was, there was three of us, wasn't yeah. there? <laughs> and so, yeah, I went, in, I went in and saw um, Shaz and just had a yarn with her. And I thought, man, this is, this is, a, this is a good gym. It's small. And then I spoke to the boss and he sort of rubbished um, Snap Fitness and Spilled. He rubbished it. It's like, oh man, there's not many clients there. We can definitely help you out if you want to go to another gym and find clients and stuff like that. Or in your contract, you're not allowed to uh, non-compete clause uh, five kilometers around the gym yep. or something like yeah, that. That's pretty standard, yeah. Standard, yeah. And he goes, but if you do find something around that area, we're happy for you to go move into it because, you know, like the community's not that good at Spearwood and... I just thought, oh, this is this sounds like a bit of a challenge. Nowhere has a bad community. Mm. There's only people that aren't creating that space for others to thrive. 100%, yeah. And um, I love, I loved it. I love that he said that, and that's the only reason that I wanted spilled. Gave you a drive. He gave me a drive. Yeah, he just really rubbish today. Because spilled does get a bad rap. It gets so, a bad yeah. rap, bro. And I don't know, I don't know why. Probably because I've come from a poorer part in New Zealand as well and yeah, we had a yeah. lot more crime and stuff like that so that when I got to Spearwood it was like the burbs you know like yeah. it was <laughs> it was like apple cross yeah yeah, yeah. and um, yeah so I started at Spearwood bro and got uh, yeah I'm still at Spearwood today loving yeah. it loving it bro yeah. so business started to boom when you got in there was it hard at first or did it just take off it's, it's, it's like um, Shannon had been there for maybe three or four months before and it's like she had already had the inquiries ready for me. So yeah. people must have been inquiring about PT. And then she was saying that we're getting a male PT on board. So as soon as I got there, there were people ready to go. Um, so it wasn't too hard when I first got in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got Shannon to thank for that, yeah, for getting right, me clients yeah. so quickly. And did mm. you find it was just the moment you started being out on that floor, that's when things started to... Take off, man. Take off, yeah. Take off. Like, I... I I don't work anymore, bro. Like I go to work. Oh well, I, yeah, I go you to work. work. I yeah. work. Yeah, I make money. Yeah, but I'm just like I'm building relationships, making friends, family. People are putting their full trust into me with their health and fitness. You know, uh, people with like diabetics and overweight yeah. people, and you know, people that are not doing so well mentally as well. You'd, you'd be surprised at how many. Well, you'd know yourself. Yeah. But how many people moving um, to getting a PT just because they're just it's, down on their luck, eh? One of those things that uh, when, pe when people go see a PT, everyone sort of just believes a personal trainer, just, it's just there for the exercise side, maybe a little chat. But yep. if that's what you're always thinking that a PT is only going to be, yep. you're going into the wrong industry. Yeah. Because it is honestly... The exercise part's probably like 20, 30% of it. The rest of it's just trying to engage with them, build that yeah. trust, yeah. become their friend so they can trust you enough to pretty much become, become a huge part of their life. 100%, man. Yeah. yeah. If I just find that, yeah, it's just these days, especially with how many they pump out with like your fit colleges and that, they don't explain that side to it. They don't. It's just like, yeah. you, you want to control your hours, you want to do this, you want to do that, mm. become a PT. and. I don't know the stats on it, but you probably have a better idea, but I feel like a lot of... 70% 70, 70 of PTs drop out in their first year. That's unreal. That's unreal. They quit in the first year. 70%, bro. I was a stat. Yeah. Yep. When I finished my first uni degree, I did yep. become one quick within six months just because it got sold to me as the fact that all those great things would come from it. Yeah. But then I had no really backing support to build it from there. 
Yep. Plus, I didn't have much experience in the business. I was 23 at the time. Yep. Didn't really. What's your qualifications, more. bro? So I'm exercise physiologist. Yep. I did. Uh, well, I did sports science first. So sports science movement, all of that. That was three years at uni. What uni? Uh, Murdoch. Oh yeah. Murdoch University. Yep. Yeah. And then on top of that, from there, you sort of. You learn a lot. Like I got to do prep placement with the West Australian cricket team, yeah, Perth Scorchers. Cool. Yeah. Um, I got to actually be in a gym as well, working alongside uh, another exercise physiologist, but she was personal training too. Yep. So I got to learn a lot from her. And yeah, it was, you got to sort of see a lot of different sides to what it can go in the field with. But with exercise science in itself, there's it's sort of like your foundation. Yep. You either become a personal trainer or strength conditioning coach. Or then you lead into other areas, yep. like a lot of people do teaching, secondary sport teaching, things yep. like that. Exercise physiology was the other pathway, which is rehab. Yep. And just like you were mentioning, people with like diabetes and that, that's like the chronic conditions. That's what we yep. look at. So, and obviously hip replacements and older, yeah, no, older clients and stuff yeah, like that. Like eh? I've, I still come across some really unique ones. Um, I think one of my last ones I actually saw was someone that had pericarditis mm. from the recent COVID injections. Yeah. And that was a, I didn't really know really much on that. I knew it was cardiac related. But yeah. Yeah. I had to do my research on that, but that's, that comes back to sort of like that side you were talking about as well. The, um, if you come across, that's how you build that trust with your clients. You sort of, they share something with you. Mm. You do the research to sort of, understand what they're where they where they're coming from yep and that's sort of our field in a nutshell like if someone comes to me with an injury i don't just brush it off and go oh, i don't really know what it is maybe see someone else yep you either do that or you do the work yourself and go i'm going to look into this yep. i'm going to do it and i'm going to treat you and we're going to get you yep as best as we possibly can yeah and that's probably what you do and you're yeah, within scope obviously yep. that's it that's our job or especially just for just a pt yeah. you know we have to stay within scope but to be, to be fair, there's a lot of PTs that are probably doing a lot better than exercise physiologists. Yep. Even some physiotherapists, I guarantee. Yep. Um, you definitely do a hell of a lot more work to yep. get your exercise physiology than we do getting our third, three, and four PTs, bro. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it took me eight weeks. Quite a large hex step on top of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. But um, yeah, working with the clients and stuff like that, it's just, man, it's so rewarding. Yeah. I'm passionate when I turn up to work every morning. You have like an extra smile on your face. Smile you on my That's face. Great. These are my yeah. friends, you know. I think my very first uh, PT client, lady at Spearwood, Dee Greenwood, still with me to this day. Um, she's six months pregnant. She first started and she said that she come to me to be her PT because I look like a mongrel. <laughs> And I said, thanks, Steve. You know, like she's OG 6163. It worked. She's still with you. How long have you been doing it? Uh, two years at Spearwood. Yeah. But like how you grow is like a family. Like then she got her husband um, to come and train with me. Yeah. And then they asked me to be their MC at their wedding down in Denmark. No and like things like this just, and this was all stemmed from personal training just that one session just that one session yeah yeah when she, yeah and the story is not uncommon with a lot of my other clients and yeah. stuff like that as well and yeah they invite me to their birthdays and you know like just a little old pt yeah yeah just having an impact on on people's lives as well it's and more, it's, it's more than a pt it's, a, it's more than yeah. a pt bro and i knew i was always going to bring that into the industry as well yeah i know it's about relationships relationships yep. social skills social, all that comes yep. into it yeah, yeah for sure um, yeah. when it comes to the training and that 
training so basic even nutrition so anyway, basic anyway okay. really tell someone to do exercise oh, the abs telling us the, them what to do they've got a bloody you know a little youtube video yeah. against the exercise <laughs> on the apps these days um and i tell people often there's no such thing as a uh, magical exercise there's the one you stick to and the one you get stronger on so it doesn't really matter what we're up to yeah yeah I trademarked that one too, bro. Trademark, damn it! I yeah, was going to say, yeah, yeah. No, I trademarked that one. <laughs> I'll just edit that one out. Uh, oh man, that's sick! So you're so passionate about it. Then is this like where you see it continue to grow from it? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Just keep PTing. There's no. What's the end goal from here? Is it sort of just keep going with it, or are you looking at like eventually having like your own gym or anything like that? No, no. I'm I'm definitely happy with where I'm at. Sadly, I have to cut my days down at Spearwood. Because I'm moving to Cannington Snap Fitness. Now, Cannington Snap Fitness is one of the most successful in Australia. It's got nothing to do with clientele. Um, they've got a huge renovated gym. They've got massive lifting platforms. And they've got a huge functional zone there that I can actually train younger athletes. And I'm moving and that's my niche. Um, cool, yeah. I want to be known as the guy. If you want to be a professional footy player, you'll come and see me. If you're not in systems already, yeah. Um, a lot of so kids, like strength and conditioning. That's what strength and conditioning. Yep. yep, yep. I'm going to be working with Johnny Vincenti from down in uh, uh, Bees Athletic. He's a strength and conditioning coach, and I'm just going to learn off him a little bit. Yeah, pick his brain. Pick his brain, and yeah. then do my level one strength and conditioning as yeah. well. And I, that's that. That's a bit of a passion working with these younger athletes: speed, yeah. agility, power. In particular, sixteen to twenty-year-olds. Yeah. Um, when you turn sixteen, you're 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 still a child. It's in that pathway. Yeah. So, yeah. You're right in that sweet spot of like they could. This is where they could get picked up. This is where they could get picked up, yeah. and I want to be the go-to guy for the kids that are not fully immersed in these systems. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's ever, my new niche. Ever thought about doing like sports science or anything? Oh yes, yes. Um, at the moment, um, so if you were to say to me. Hey, because I'm training at the Western Force, I'm doing. Um, I'm not getting paid for it, but I'm just shadowing uh, Simon Thomas. He's the head of performance at yep. Western Force. He's just taken over. We had him on the podcast as well, so it was a oh, good little really? in for us. So <clears throat> I go down. I to saw the they list. were actually advertising for. Um, was it an SNC coach? Yeah, yeah. So I just shadow him. I shadow all the exercise physiologists. They've got all their GPS monitoring with the boys on the yep. field, heart rates, all that sort of stuff. And I just want to oversee what they're doing so that i can implement my own stuff and make sure i'm on the right path yeah. in developing these younger players so that when they're ready i know that they're doing what the professionals are doing already yeah. yeah so i'm just with the western force one or two days a week at the moment yeah that's awesome just overshadowing and just just trying to soak in the knowledge yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Do they have like a juniors thing there that you can jump in on as well? My friend is the national strength and conditioning coach for the Australian under twenties team, and he just happens to be the Western Force Academy uh, strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> yeah, it's all that who you know, huh? Yeah, it's it's who you know, bro. And he owns his own gym up in Malaga, um, Col Unasa um, Culture Conditioning. Yep. And um, yeah, he's been invaluable as well, and trying to push into those pathways. So does this mean that your books are still open? You can still take on clientele? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always I'm always looking for clientele. But, you know, being at Cannington, it's a good space or central space for the younger athletes to come to yep. to come and see me. 
And then, sorry, back to that story on, on what I wanted to do uh, before the Western Force thing come up. Just say the Western Force offered me 200 grand uh, job to work with them. I'd definitely turn it down. Uh, my lifestyle yeah. at the moment and the balance I've got is phenomenal. Not making heaps of dollars, but enough to be able to live my lifestyle. Enjoy your life. Yeah, yeah. I walk the kids to school every day, bro. And um, that's something that, like, that's a life goal for me. Not a lot of people can do that. No. So we ride our bikes, our scooters, walk to school every single day, bro. And, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't sacrifice that for anything. And I'm able to do that with the current lifestyle and the job that I've got at the moment. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. You really made that work. Work, And it's it's an idea for a lot of people out there, too. Like, if you're wanting to do that, you can still make it work. I'm sure you put in a lot of hard hours. Hard hours, bro. 15, 16-hour days. Yeah. Um, Still working up to 8.30 on Monday, Wednesday nights. That's the nights that the ex has the boys. Yeah. I'm still working long hours to be able to um, have those days where I'm coaching their rugby teams, their league teams, their touch teams, and stuff like that. So, yeah, just a lot of involvement with the kids at the moment while they're young. And it's something that I always sort of dreamed of. Man, that's sick. Mm. Go, you've got a good, good setup. Yeah, it's good to see how much yeah. how the passion behind it too. Uh, another one of your passions, I know you've got, is a um, your own potty. Own potty, yeah. yeah. So it, it started just like this, just what just we're like doing, this. just like what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah right. So walks through that. It's I, I want to say right. It's Horries. Horries tell stories, bro. Yep, yep, yep. and uh, we were featured on New Zealand's national television. We were in the biggest, uh, we had a story right up on us on New Zealand's biggest newspaper. And we're pretty much just trying to promote self-improvement with a bit of a laugh and a giggle in there as well. Just mates chatting. Just mates chatting. And then that's how it was supposed to start. And then our second episode, the Canterbury Crusaders, so they're a super rugby team, were in town playing the Western Force. A young fellow that I grew up playing rugby with his dad, his um, young fellow made the Crusaders. It was episode two, so I said, oh, let's get him on. That took off, so we said, we're going to do guests as well. So we're just going to do us three boys yarning, and we're going to take on guests as well. And it's just taken off, man. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a guest every single week, or is it? Um, whenever we can sort of work out um, and navigate what guests are in town. Yep. And um, if all us, because the boys are FIFO as well at the moment, so when we're all back and then whatever we can navigate, um, yeah. where we can get a potty in as well. Smash it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just like this podcast, you start you start small and then, then all of a sudden it just starts yeah. taking off and then we've just got sponsors coming in left, right and centre now and got some huge guests, bro. So Yeah, man, that's yeah. awesome. In the it New does. Zealand community, we um, um having an All Black on a podcast, obviously rugby's religion in New Zealand yeah. and All Blacks is the, the top of the top. You're God if you yeah. play for the All Blacks, and we've managed to have five on already. All and never streaming ones. What's that one? All, all the best streaming episodes, were they? Yeah. Um, you wouldn't believe it. Episode one was actually a really high streamed episode, and we were talking about the times that we shat our pants, bro. That's all the episode <laughs> was about. That's, it's that's relatable, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's how our podcast started. So when we said, "What are we going to talk about?" and we said, "Should we just..." start vulnerable and just talk about the times that we shed our pants and it's just taken off bro man that's yeah it's it's a good one starting the potties i reckon i heard um there's one i follow and that was about like they had uh sam kavanagh he's like one of the 
biggest like producers for, I think he's one of the biggest producers for podcasts. Did the Hamish and Andy one. Pretty yep. much got those boys together. Yeah. And he was saying like how big podcasts have become, but a lot of people want to do them, but they look at it and go, it's just too just too many of them these days. Like yep. you won't do it. You won't be able to build yourself from it. But he looked at it at the aspect of everyone, I, I think everyone should have one because if you think of it like an Instagram account, Facebook account, everyone has one, but there's only a few minority that do it right. They yep. can make money from it and yep. build it. And so at the end of the day, like you can have your own body, you can talk about it. It's just the fact is, are you wanting to do it for reasons of becoming big and famous and building yourself from it or is it just for the fact that you want to do it for a bit of fun yep. just like you would on Instagram or Facebook just to share things yep. with your friends and family so yep. I reckon that's just like whoever wants to do it because you do, a lot of people get judgment the moment they say oh I'm doing a podcast oh you're like everyone else yep. Yep. yeah and you probably experienced that as well we experienced it we had some um, we had some haters we had some real haters obviously they didn't enjoy the way that we interviewed some stars other people absolutely loved it um you always get that though yeah yeah some people um rubbished our podcast now they're asking to be on it <laughs> i know why and when we these oh man us boys just giggle we just giggle because all we we're doing is just yarning yeah and we're like, how can you like telling stories yeah telling stories <laughs> bro yeah how, how can you judge us on this but that's the whole point of it that's that's what we are as humans yeah. you know uh, um, we always say you'll never meet a hater doing better than you mm, 100% yeah, that's <laughs> actually you trademark that one too yeah, yeah. oh no 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 I think Gary V said that one oh, yeah yeah but yeah like um, you'll get criticism all sorts yeah all sorts we had a, a real go viral with uh, Levi he's on it as well he had his young fella he had to bring his young fella to the potty and he had his two year old on his knee and he must have said the F word about three or four times just in the reel. And he just, he just got blasted for swearing in front of baby. <laughs> and it was just, it, it just didn't make sense. They just captured 30 seconds. Levi's an awesome dad. Everything yeah. for his children, above and beyond. But yeah. But that, that one single moment and that sort of triggered everyone going, oh, how dare he do that? Yeah. I can't believe you're swearing in front of your child and all of this. Yeah. So... There's some heat that comes with um, obviously being in the spotlight sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Because like yeah. you share, you're, you're putting yourself out there for anyone to listen to. Right? Yeah. And all of a sudden you say one thing that triggers anything, mm. or do one thing that triggers anyone, and yeah, it can put a bit of a uh, target on your head for a moment there. Yeah. But I like the podcast too because it's, it's your legacy. This is yeah. your legacy that yeah. you're actually going to leave in this world. And in the digital age, this is going to be here forever. The same way that people yeah. left scripts and bloody treasure chesters <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or the Egyptians yeah. writ on the wall. The digital age is where we live, leave yeah. our footprint, bro. So When you're gone, at least you, someone can still hear your voice. The kids. The kids can still hear my voice. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so same with you, man. You know, with potentially having kids in the future. Yeah, no, you know, 100%. like Listen to their old man. Listen to the old man. Shit for yeah, for sure. <laughs> Who's that Kiwi bloke you talk to? <laughs> <laughs> so do you have uh, big plans for the potty that you've got going? Yeah, we, we, we do. We've got some good major sponsors on at the moment now. Um, we did a massive raffle, a raffle that I didn't like the boys doing because it was a lot of their memorabilia. The boys click memorabilia like um, signed Kalen Ponga's boots. He plays for Queensland in the state of origin. Yeah. Signed boots because he's, he's the bro's cousin. Um, and then Cairo had a signed 
Israel Adesanya glove. Obviously, the MM, uh, the UFC fighter. Yes. Is he? Um, Kaikara France is another um, Kiwi UFC fighter. Signed memorabilia, Big Daddy Boxing um, shirts, signed shirts, all black shirts, signed with all our guests and stuff on it. And the boys like, we're going to raffle all this stuff off. That's and awesome. I was like, no, we can't, man. We, we can't do it. This this stuff is worth like $10,000. The glove is worth, you know, you could you could auction that in America for like 10 yeah. grand. And all we're going to make from the auction, uh, from our little raffle is like 10 or 20 bucks off someone. But they're like, look, we're going to need our traveling equipment. So we bought traveling potty equipment. Yep. Um, the Roadmaster, the mics, the stands, all that they're sort of stuff. Cheap, they're not cheap, oh. bro. They're not cheap. So we did the raffle. All the prizes are gone, but we've got our potty equipment now. So we can awesome. take that on the road. Uh, we missed an opportunity when all the NRL was here in Perth. They had the double yes. header here in yep. Perth. The the boys were like, yeah, come and, come and do the um, potty with us if you want. Uh, but obviously like oh we need you to come to hen house rehearsal studios yeah and like on oh, our schedules our schedules too tight boys and this was like eight players they're like our schedules too tight Cronulla sharks coming two days late um rabbitos coming a day late so we just couldn't navigate it oh, man, that's but they were more than happy to do a potty if we had got to the hotel room yeah yeah so opportunity again but at the end of the day yeah, you don't really think of that at the time do you no yeah no like we've got some um really really big guests lined up um when we do get that opportunity to put all in yeah. motion it but, makes a huge difference having your own gear though yeah. i found that too because yeah. i mean i live a fair way away from a lot of my mates or potential guests and i say to them like if you want to come up here just so happen that you were going to be up this area yeah yeah but i usually travel to them cool which is fine because i mean all i need is my laptop and the mics the audio interfacer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're doing a really good thing, bro. Yeah. Doing it's a really good, good fun, thing. Man. Yeah. It is. It's honestly, it's it's a bit hard at the time when you start them because you just got to think about what to say and all that. But mm. once the confidence starts to build, and yep. I mean, I look back and go back and listen to some of mine just going like, I can't believe I was, is that what I sound like? Why did I say that? And then I listen to them a bit further on and you start to go, all right, I'm, I'm hearing myself flow yep. a bit better. Yep. It's still, I don't know, do you find it hard to hear your own voice sometimes? I hate the sound of my yeah. own voice. And I've got this weird little giggle as well. And I was like, do I, is that how I laugh? Is that how I... It sucks, especially, I don't know, do you do all your own editing as well? Nah, the bro, um, Cairo oh, does the uh, editing. God for that. I, I honestly do all mine and I have to go back and hear it just going, wow, Matt, just take that out. Yeah. <laughs> take this out. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I don't think people understand the the amount of work that actually goes into them as well. Because working full time, like you would know too, working full time, getting the time to set up the interview, and then trying to edit it as well. Like I, my previous job, because I did so much travel, the only time I actually had free to do any editing was on the weekends, and even then, my weekends I wanted to actually enjoy. Yeah. So on the train line up that I was going to, or for to work, because I lived south of the river. Yep. I'll do all my editing on the train. Yep. Because I could be on the train for up to an hour one way. Yeah. And that's headphones in, smash it out. Yeah. Like it's, you were doing your work before you even got to work. You find a way. Yeah. You find but a way. Yeah. You look at it then as much as it sucked and then you look at it now going, it actually wasn't that bad. <laughs> and it's actually a bit more rewarding when it's for you. Yeah. If this, 100%. yeah. If I was doing this for anyone else, I'd just be on. I've just wasted so much time for them. For them. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard when you're working for someone else and putting in or doing a really good effort. Um, it's not that they're not appreciative of the work yeah. you're putting in. It's just, but it's just yourself. You look at it and go, yeah. oh, I just gave up time that I could have done towards my dreams, mm. my ambitions. Yeah, yeah, your growth. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. 
Well, I guess the only really that's left to ask is what's next for you? Yeah, I've just started. Um, this is what I, I want to leave a bit of a legacy in this world, bro. And obviously I'm doing the, the PT stuff at the moment. I, I can see myself doing PT for the rest of my life. I started something called the Bro Hub. Uh, the Bro Hub is a online platform for males only, for Kiwi males, obviously for any males, for any males, but in particular Kiwi males. Got the highest suicide rates in the developed world, bro, and our, for indigenous cultures. Oh, yeah. We drink too much, bro. It's a cultural thing. We smoke and vape too much. We just don't. <laughs> we we just don't have the tools, or we don't know where to get the tools yeah. to to live a powerful life. I think um, with uh, social media and stuff like that, we have a lot more access on what we actually should be doing. We're we're more connected now with social media and that that I can actually create an online platform mm. for males as well, bro, in particular Kiwi males. Because yeah, we have been on the decline uh, for a long time, and I'm just looking to to change that space. The Bro Hub is training, nutrition, mindset coaching at a fraction of the a fraction of the cost, and I've awesome, just started yeah. that up two weeks ago. Got 25 boys in there already. Um, they get all their training programs through the app. They get all their nutrition coaching through the app. We've got our Facebook page or private Facebook group as well. Um, I've got guests lined up for like online Zoom calls for, I've got the All Blacks Mindset Coaching uh, Coach yep. and how he That's gets All Blacks, one, yeah. it is bro, Aruki, yeah, so how he gets the players into the flow states, so flow state into how I take the field at a real yep. sort of uh, under pressure, how to stay calm, what am I supposed to be thinking about, what's my breath doing and stuff like that, so he's our first guest that I'm going to do a Zoom call with next week. So he's worked with all the big athletes on how to create um, awesome. mind flow. Yeah. So yeah, that the bro hub, bro. That's, that's the big goal now. That's the big goal. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep feeding from there and see where it keeps going. Yeah. And obviously, I'll just do my PT yep. on the side, build my communities again. Yeah. Because um, that's my strength. I just build communities. Yeah. And yarn. <laughs> and, yarn. <laughs> and yarn. Oh man, mm. awesome! I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that unfold and also seeing that uh, Horace tell stories getting to the. Uh, have you been in the top five or top ten Australian podcasts yet? Yeah, bro, twice. You have? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You've got a couple on me, then I haven't quite made there yet, but yeah. hopefully it's you or me at the top soon. Yeah, yeah. But, um, Joe, thanks. Thanks so much for this. It's nah, been good awesome, fun. Yeah. I really appreciate you coming through here and uh, doing the uh, extra kilometres up this way. The footy boy. The footy boy, yes. You finally got to, uh, finally got to have one with the footy boy. Yeah, but it's... thanks to this, mate. And just like I tell every single person on this potty, yep. you're now officially on the, mate, of the Matt and Mates podcast. Awesome, bro. Yeah. You're doing a really good thing, man. Oh, yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes, just yeah. as I'm looking forward Stick to seeing where it. you go. Stick with That's it. Stick with it. Oh, I will. If I, I've got to keep up with you now, remember? You have to, bro. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Have a good one. All good, Matty. Thanks for listening to the Matt and Mates podcast. If you enjoyed the show and feeling generous, you can like, follow or subscribe on our socials and whatever platform you're listening on. And for those wanting to go that bit further, you can leave a review and share with your friends and family as well. If you have any recommendations on guests, give feedback or advertise on the pod, flick an email to contact at mattandmates.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode when it drops. And as always, I love you all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanna hear you
Well, it's official. We have our first sponsor, the kind people of Shelter Brewery have gotten behind us and we couldn't be happier. If you're after a refreshing beer for after work to start your weekend, or in my case, after spending a ridiculous amount of time gardening, Shelter is the beer for you. If you happen to be in the southwest region, swing by the brewery which overlooks the famous Bustledon Foreshore and enjoy one off the wood, even grab yourself a decent feed with their amazing menu items. You can pick up a slab at most bottle shops or if you prefer it delivered to your door, get onto their website shelterbrewing.com.au and browse the selection they have. Even grab yourself some sneaky merch whilst you're at it. Get around them shelterbrewing.com.au.